Hey, welcome to Radiant Teen Life, where we talk about girl problems and the importance of staying physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy through your teen years. Introducing your host, Life Coach Gina Faubert. All right, welcome to our next episode. Today, I am so excited because we have one of my favorite people at Radiant Girls, which is Prina Shaw. She is our co-op student and I'm begging her to stay on because she just does an amazing <laughs> job. And I asked her to be one of our first guests on our uh, podcast and on our YouTube channel. By the way, she is responsible for us having a podcast and a YouTube channel because she was, you know, the one that helped us birth those two. She's put everything together and she did so because she's mastered the strategies of not getting overwhelmed and in her head, because between us on our team, we were starting off from scratch. We had no idea how to do any of this. And so I've asked her to join us today. She's going to talk to us about how to stay calm, how to persevere under pressure, which is, you know, hopefully there's not too much pressure at Radiant Girls, but we do take on some pretty audacious goals. And, you know, I really want her to share with you guys how she doesn't get in her head and get caught up with you know, the challenges, how she perseveres or pushes through. And we're going to dive in and see what's, what is she saying to herself? What is the mental state? What are the beliefs that she has? Maybe the internal dialogue that she's using to really get through some of those challenging things that help her to move to that next level. And she's going to give us some examples of how she built that strength or where that came from. So welcome, Prina. I'm excited to hear because I haven't heard where you get this from. I've just experienced it and your rock star approach. So welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so like Gina mentioned, the life lesson that I'm gonna teach you guys is staying calm and persevering under pressure. So there's a lot of things that you can't learn through studying and books, and I love to do that, but instead you have to learn through experience, which isn't my favorite thing, but you have to do it. That's something we have to do in life. But watching someone else go through it or you yourself learning it the hard way. That's how I learned how to keep my cool and stay calm in those stressful situations. So one of the stories that I have prepared for you guys is one where I didn't really stay calm. <laughs> yeah, so I, it was in grade two, three, and I remember I had these really challenging problem of the week questions. And I'm not proud of it, but I do remember quitting and crying because I just couldn't get them. I got so frustrated. I was impatient and I didn't want to do this anymore. In that stage of my life, when I was like seven, eight, I didn't know how to handle those situations. But because of those math questions, I learned that I wasn't able to solve something right away. And you need some practice. You need to work hard and you need to stay calm. So slowly over time, I learned to do that and then to break down those questions with some practice doing those questions like over time I learned one of the strategies I used was to take the question break it down into small steps or like little sections and then do those individual ones that helps keep your mind focused on one small thing instead of this big gigantic question that you have no idea how to start off with start with one step and then move on to the next one Awesome. Awesome. In psychology, you call that chunking. And so when we feel overwhelmed or we, we feel like something is, you know, we are not able to master it or to dive in or to handle it. It's because we've made it one big humongous thing 
or that we've made it so many little things. And so anytime I have someone, you know, that's saying to me, I am so overwhelmed. I know that they've chunked it in a way that is, you know, I always think of the analogy, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. Like, I don't know where that came from, but it's that idea is like, it's either a huge elephant that is so big, or it's so many little things that your brain can't wrap around where to start and how to stay focused and handling that. So you've stumbled on a perfect strategy, which is chunking it down. And the ideal chunk size, by the way, is like three to five. Any more than that, like seven is sort of the max. And, and if it's just one big thing, it oftentimes is too much as well. So I love that. You're like, okay, I got to get how to, where do I start and what section do I focus on? And that can apply to a math question, but it can apply to starting a podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) So something that you've never done before, you know, tackling a brand new school. Okay. What do I got to do? What's the first thing that I got to focus on? So that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Another incident that I had when I was in ninth grade. So this one's a bit more recent. I had this grade nine first semester science exam. And this was my first exam ever. I was so nervous. I was an absolute mess. I was terrified that something was going to go wrong, which it did. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) I studied so much and I was nervous. I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't calm at all. So I enter the classroom to take the test in the morning and sit down There's all these desks separated and you can only take out your pencil, ruler, calculator, all that kind of stuff. And then we get the exam. And then the questions were like fairly easy to answer. And I was just going through them. But then I got to this one question, which was so confusing. I had no idea what to do. So since I was already super duper nervous, my head was all cloudy. I didn't think, okay, what do I need to do first and break down steps. I remember just sitting there and staring at the question and internally panicking. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a pretty common experience. A lot of people that go through exams, you stumble on something and you're just like a deer in headlights. Oh my God, I didn't expect this to be on here. Or, you know, you start calculating how much of my mark is this going to be worth and are the questions after this going to be even harder? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what yeah. happened? Yeah. So... I kind of just skipped the question and then I moved on to the rest, which was a good strategy as well. Just Uh move on, come back to it later. So I finished all the other questions. I went back to it and I still couldn't get it. I somehow ended up just writing down some random fluff just to get it over with. And I handed in my test. I, I was just so done with it. I made a really big mistake handing it because When I went back into the hallway and all my friends were talking about it, I realized that I had made like terrible, terrible mistake. It was a back page. Uh, There was like six pages. You flip over the sixth page. There was two questions on the back. I just didn't answer that. Because I was so focused on that one question throughout the entire exam that I just didn't flip the page. (laughs) And yeah. Oh, I miss easy questions too. I think one was just labeling the planets of the solar system. So I felt absolutely terrible and I was really starting to dread my next exams and everything, but I was like, no, okay. I made the mistake once. I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move on. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. 
What I love about that is like, we all are going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, you know, whether it's on a test or whether it's you say the wrong thing or you just do something stupid. It's that internal dialogue that follows you, right? And it follows you to your next mistake. So if your internal dialogue is like, I made that mistake once, I'll never make it again. Then you have that internal dialogue that doesn't label you. It is a behavior or it's a situation or it's an experience that you've labeled as I made a mistake during that first test or that first exam, as opposed to labeling yourself and saying, I am not good at tests or I panic during exams or, you know, whatever kind of stories. And so I love that you stopped and you said, what could I learn from this? Cause that's going to allow me to do the next thing better. And you know, we don't oftentimes like do it consciously, like, oh, I'm going to label myself as a bad test taker or someone who panics under pressure. But if you can catch yourself having those kinds of thoughts and question them or push them, you know, or challenge them and go, well, it was just my first exam. That's not really true. You know, that's not a be all end all. I, I'm not going to chalk myself up to being that after this one experience, perhaps I can learn from this. So I love the identifying the behavior because that's true. You know, you did panic under pressure, but not labeling yourself because what happens when you label yourself is it becomes your identity. And then your unconscious mind is like, well, that's who you are. That's how we are supposed to operate. And it follows instruction. And so I love that. That is well worth the mistake because, you know, it could have been grade 12 and it could have been in a, a test that really matters for you for your future, right? So to have some of these experiences happen early on is awesome because then you're like, okay, now I know I'm going to look at every single page. I'm going to, you know, what else did you learn from that experience? Another thing that I learned is that I need to, before the test, I don't need to cram. I don't need to get all like in my head before the test. I need to make sure I enter with a clear mind. Awesome. Yeah. Because Very nice. I haven't made that mistake since. Awesome. So Very nice. Have really stuck with me. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Okay. All right. Do you have another experience for us? I have one more experience. So uh -huh. this one is the most recent. Last year, around this time as well, I took my national lifeguard course, so that my NL. And there's a whole bunch of physical requirements that you need to pass, as well as like first aid requirements. There was like the time swim where you had to swim a certain number of lengths in 10 minutes. And then there was a sprint. And then there was this one drill that I just, ah. It was this 20 pound brick that was thrown at the bottom of the deep end of the pool. You have to swim, you have to pick it up from the ground and then tread water with it to the end. Wow. Yeah, it was, I was one of the only ones who couldn't get it the first try, but I was like, okay, I, I was expecting not to get it the first try because yeah, it's 20 pounds and I'm not the strongest person, but yeah, 20 pounds wasn't going to get it, but I went into it thinking, okay, let's see how far I can get. And then how can I improve? Mm -hmm. So didn't do it. I could pick it up. I just couldn't get to the surface of the water. So I dropped it. It was okay. After that, we had a couple more chances to try. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to get to, I went in little steps. So my first goal was 
okay, let's get my head above the water. Once I finished that goal, it was like, okay, let's see how far I can get to the end. And by the time the first lesson was over, I could get my head up above the water and I could go back maybe like half a meter. Not that much, but it was a big improvement. Uh-huh. And then I also asked for feedback. I asked for lots of feedback. I wanted to get as much help as possible because if you can't do something, you don't want to just sit there yourself and just like try, try, try again. You should ask for some help. I asked my instructor. He helped me a lot. And then the next class happened. So every single class we had time to practice. My friend and I, we were practicing a whole bunch. It was an eight week course. And by the fourth week, I could get to the end. So I like completed the first goal and I was super duper happy. And then turns out that there's a time limit. You <laughs> get it in a certain time. I think it was a minute or something. I was doing it in like a minute and 20 seconds. So I had a new goal. Four classes to get there quickly. So in between classes, there was one each week, I would be using weights, I would be practicing, I would be making sure I ate healthy food and had lots of energy, but I was determined to get (laughs) the end because I wanted to complete my NL. So it all comes down to like, are you going to just sit there and complain to yourselves like, oh, I can't do it. Or are you going to like try and try and try and try? Mm -hmm. I tried and tried and tried and tried. And that perseverance paid off. So on the last like day, the last chance to pass, I went into it with a healthy, good meal. I was calm. I was like, you know, I'm going to do this. My internal dialogue was super positive uh-huh. and frustrated and I got it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It- Very cool. There's something that we talk about at camp. We could call it modeling. And the idea behind it, which you've demonstrated beautifully is if you want to achieve something, find someone that's already achieved it and do what they do. And it's not just do what they do, but how are they thinking? How are they feeling? How are they preparing? How are they practicing? Because if you want to do something, it's just a matter of you doing what they do to get a very similar result. So you mentioned that in several steps. It was like, well, I tried to do it and I was struggling to do it. I heard you do a little bit of chunking there in terms of like step-by-step, but then you asked for feedback. Like if you know how to do it, well then help me. What am I not seeing? What am I not doing that could produce the results that you're looking for that, that I'm trying to achieve? And you also had something as your superpower in that whole process. And that is that you had a goal. You had a motivating or an audacious goal of like, this is happening. I want to achieve this. Right. And so as you were working through the challenges, a lot of times, you know, if, if our goal isn't motivating enough, it's, if it doesn't have that spark, then we kind of give up when the going gets tough, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like, yeah, maybe I'm not, I heard a little bit at the beginning, you said, maybe I'm not that strong or I'm not the strongest. And I was like, oh, there's that identity, right? There's that negative self-talk. Yeah. And when you get into that, of course, you're not going to win. And if you do it, you're shocking yourself because it's <laughs> like, you know, you're like, I didn't even know I could do that. But as you got into it and you, you struggled with it, you're like, well, I got this goal. And so I got to figure out how to change my internal dialogue. I got to figure out how to 
feed my body so I have the strength and energy to, to make this happen. And my guess is, and this is so interesting how this shapes up when we set a goal, but we are so focused on the end result of like achieving something, but the actual win or the result is the person that you become as you achieve that goal. So I don't know if you notice that, but my guess is you don't consider yourself not a very strong swimmer anymore, mm-hmm. right? It's like, well, if I could do that and I could do that in that time limit, even then I probably, you know, I've overcome that I've become a better swimmer and maybe all that's really changed is your mindset. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it looks like you've applied all the strategies and you were able to get success. If you continued on with the mindset that I'm not a very strong swimmer, or that I don't have the strength to do this, the chance of you being successful at that over that eight week course would be a lot less. So way to go. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. So, you know, getting into your head, challenging. I love that, you know, what you said earlier at the beginning, like persevering under pressure, you know, and, and finding a way to stay out of your head and stay calm. Do you have Mm -hmm. any other like final tips on how to stay out of your head. Yeah. So I feel like if you're just sitting there and you're nervous, like if you have a test in the morning, I mean, don't go and surround yourself by all your notes and things and get your head that way. Do something completely different. I hear like sometimes like the day before a big game or test or things, people tell you to go out, have fun and relax. Mm-hmm. That's getting your mind off of it. You're not going to be as stressed and anxious the next morning. Don't have too much fun though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it was just Sleep. yeah. Yeah. Have a balanced amount of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, separating yourself from the thing that's giving you the nervousness and the anxiety. And then another one is like, I listen to music a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calming music. Or if you want to get pumped up for something, pumped up music, but something to change your mood because music is a very great mood changer and it can keep you really calm or it can like make you really sad or make you really happy. Yeah. Very cool. I'll be talking about how to change your state, your emotional state in a future episode. So if you guys are wanting more on that, Prina's hit on some of the like, you know, get up, move your body, change your environment, you know, change the music. I'll get into the psychology of that and how it works and and what you can do as like a tried and true. Cause I know for me, there are times where, you know, I'll be, you know, to get really like heavy. There are times where I'm working with girls that are suicidal, you know, that are at risk. And I got stuff going on in my world. I got to be in state. I got to be ready. I got to be focused. It's got to be all in. And I got to be ready for that so that all of me is ready and present, no matter how challenging the situation might be. And there are other things where I'm constantly raising the bar and challenging myself and, you know, hopping on and filming one of these, you know, how do you get into state? How do you get centered and focused and, and able to authentically show up and be present the way that you want, you know, your best self to be. So I'll be talking about that. And Prina's giving you a couple of little little tidbits and some insight into how you do that. Yeah. Awesome. Music is a great, great game changer for sure. Love it. I remembered one thing just now, fake it until I make it. Ah, cool. That one is big. Yeah. Yeah. Fake it until you make it. 
Yeah. It, you know, we all feel like all of us feel like we're not quite ready yet. And you don't know that you're not ready or that you are ready until you start doing it. So, you know, you're never going to be as prepared as you'd like to be. And so, you know, the people that seem like they've got it, that they're ready, we're just going for it, even when they weren't 100% solid. And if you're 100% solid, you're not growing, you're not challenging yourself, you're not learning anything new. So there is that fake it till you make it. But we'll dive into that in that in that episode where we're talking about changing your state because there's a strategy of really owning that new you, that superpower of you, or that that who is that part of you that is ready, that is prepared, that is like, I got this, you know, that altered state. Because we all have these moments where we, you know, we just our shoulders drop back, you know, our chest puffs up, and we're like, I got this. Like, just leave it to me. You know, I always know what to do. And so if you can bring that part of you out when it really matters, that's when your best self handles these big challenges. So Prina, I love that you've tapped into that. I see it in the work that you do with Radiant Girls. And I hear that you're doing it in your academics and even in your extracurricular yeah. stuff. So way to go. I'm so happy to have you share with us and your stories relating to the girls that are in the same sort of stages of life. So Thank you so much for being a part of this and, you know, our podcast journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, this was really fun. I was a bit nervous coming into it, but I'm like super relaxed now. I, <laughs> I needed it to tell you made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, great. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, check out some of our other episodes and follow us on social media. We have a website linked in the description. Make sure to take a look. Thanks again. Until next time.